Good morning, Warrior Nation. How's everybody doing? Hope you're having a blessed week. Welcome to another Thursday morning with me, Jess Troya, the Warrior of the Word. It's been a couple of weeks, but I'm so excited to talk to you guys and um, impart some um, some things that we talked about a couple of weeks ago. Um, so we're really excited. So let's just get into it. Let's go ahead and pray. Um, this morning, our Father, our God, we thank you for just another day. God, we thank you for this Thursday opportunity to be with your people, Lord God. We just thank you for all that you're going to do, all that you have done, all that you're doing in our lives. God, continue to protect our world and our nation. As we move this through this pandemic, Lord God, help us to remember that you um, have a, a mission and a goal and a plan for us all, God. We just love you. We appreciate you. We thank you again for this opportunity and this platform, God. We are all these things we say in your blessed Son, Jesus' name. Amen. 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 And amen. Again, um, welcome. If this is your first time on the uh, on the podcast, I am just Troya, and I am um, the warrior of again the warrior of the word. And today we're going to talk about church hurt. And it is a real thing. We're going to talk about church hurt and how you can overcome your church hurt and what you can do um, in it. Again, most people know, if you don't know, um, I grew up in the church. I'm, I'm the daughter of, of a pastor and a wonderful first lady here in um, Pennsylvania. And of course, the term church hurt has always bounced around and um, people stopped coming to church for a lot of different reasons because they felt that, that they were hurt by the church, whether it be um, from the pastor, from another member, what have you. The concept of church hurt is a real thing. And actually, um, the singer uh, from, from Mary Mary, Erica Campbell, she described church hurt as, um, it, it, she described it saying, it occurs when you've been a victim of a total abuse of power in the church. The abuse can come from anything from assault and to physical, uh, sex, excuse me, psychological manipulation. That's from Erica Campbell. But I want to add to that. I want to tweak her just a little bit and um, say that church hurt can, and it, and it, it can and has led to, um, the loss of faith. And I say that because a few, several years ago, I had um, a, um, I was working in, in a church and um, I was a very active member. Wherever I go, I'm always a very active member. And my daughters and I were in a really bad car accident. And um, the ch- the church leadership did not come and check for my, do- for my daughter, check on my daughter and myself um, and I felt very hurt by that because, again, I was an, an active member in the church and the leadership did not come to check on us. And that was um, that was very hurtful to me. And from that, I, I mean, it, then it just it, it exacerbated some other old church, <laughs> some things that happened when I was a kid, um, being a pastor's kid. And, you know, so that shook my foundation and um and it, and it, and it and it and I began to question my faith and then I had to realize I'm like well who am I serving one am I serving God or am I serving people so even in the midst of that um I, it, it took me a second to get out of it but I did um have to learn that one people are fallible God is not um um and we uh so 
because of it, I, I left the church and I just did some, you know, I, I didn't, st- I wasn't, I wasn't stable. And that's because my foundation was shaken. And then um, I, I finally had to stop because again, when I, when you're doing that and you're bouncing from church to church to church, you're, you're damaged and you're leaving your, 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 your open wound onto other people. So finally God had to, um, get me together, if you will. And I had to understand that again, people are fallible. God is not. And I had to look at myself and what do I do? Because I didn't want to be, I didn't want to have that victim mentality um, because we, we, we don't serve, we serve a victim, a, a God that doesn't look at that. He looks at our heart. He looks at who we can be, and he already sees our. He's already seen our future, and um, he stands boldly into and in, into in, in, in faith. And I wanted to walk boldly in that, but I could not if I was um, flying, as I heard once somebody said, on a broken wing. So I had to get myself together, and when I did, he brought me to um, the book of Matthew, um, Matthew fifteen. Excuse me, Matthew eighteen. 15 through 17, the book of Matthew, which is in the New Testament, is the first book of the New Testament, chapter 18, starting at verse 15. And I'll read it very quickly for you here. It says, if your brother sins against you, go and rebuke him in private. If he listens to you, you have won your brother. Verse 16, but if he won't listen, take one Take one or two more with you so that by the testimony of two or three witnesses, every fact may be established. 17, if he pays no attention to them, tell the church. But if he doesn't pay attention even to the church, let it be like an unbeliever and a tax collector to you. Meaning we have we have some we have some some responsibilities in this as well. If we have um, someone who has sinned, up, sinned against us, it is our responsibility to go to them and say that they have that what they have done. And that then if that hasn't happened, then you take somebody with you. But we're going to go through some steps on what you can do to be to how you can overcome church hurt. Now, this isn't my information. I actually found this online. Um, but I thought it was apropos and I thought it was really good. It was a really good, um, there was no sense of reinventing the wheel um, because the um, South Bay Church, uh, they did a really, really excellent job of doing it. So um, how we can overcome church hurt, <clears throat> excuse me. Number one, there's seven steps. Number one, pray. Two, confront the offender. Three, forgive. Four, find a faithful partner. Five, resolve your own past. Six, commit to um, always act in love. And seven, repeat. Again, we're going, we're going to go through these um, step by step within the time that's allotted to us. And I believe I should be able to get through all seven in uh, a pretty reasonable time. Um, uh, again, number one, we're going to, we, we should always pray. Um, and it says very, very clearly, very succinctly, when we experience hurt in the church, we want to remember that the church is not always the best place to come um, to uh, for them to imitate Christ. We are we're not and sometimes we're just not good at love. Um, why? Why do I say that, Treya? Right. Because remember, we're all human we, and we all we all have free will and we all want to do the right thing. But sometimes our, the humanness in us 
interferes with the godliness that God, the, the God, the Godhead that's trying to take over as well. So we have to, that's the Paul says, we have to kill ourselves daily. So we're not always good at that, this love thing, because when, when we feel that someone has hurt us, we don't want to talk to them. We, do, <laughs> we just don't even want to be bothered with them. And um, so we're not really necessarily good at this church thing, but we want, we go on to say, however, when we are hurt by the church, we should always go to the source of love. And what is that love? God himself is the great, is great at not hurting us, even though people have hurt us. Uh, the first thing we should do is go to the one who will never hurt us or abandon us. Spend time with God just resting in his love. Peter says it like this in 1 Peter 5 and 7, cast all your anxieties on him because he cares for you. Meaning we need to, again, go back to our first love and allow God to heal us, excuse me, through our pain and, through, and understand that, again, people will disappoint us always and understand that they're, they're, they're not perfect we're not perfect. So we have to understand the only, the only being that is perfect, that is God. So we got to begin to operate in the love of God, right? So that is what this is saying. In first Peter, again, first Peter, um, five and seven, it says, cast all your anxieties on him because he cares for you. Listen, when we get hurt by the church, we need to take it to God. Like I said, when I when it when it happened to me, I had to stop and I said, "Okay, God, I need your help here, because my flesh wants to rise up." <laughs> but of course, I can't do that because now then I'm hurting someone else or I'm giving to somebody the pain and the hurt that 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 was not in, that they did not inflict onto me. But because I didn't see the person, I'm giving it to the, I'm giving it to the wrong person, and then it just it just grows and mushrooms because I did not deal with it because I didn't go back to the source of love for him to help me to forgive or to understand that people are fallible and that they will hurt us sometimes. So the first thing I need to do, I need to pray. I need to center and I need to be focused on the love of God. So with that said, our second step here is confront the offender. We want to confront the offender. It says in Matthew 18, 15, if you, Jesus is saying, if you, if your brother or sister sins, go and point out their fault. Just between the two of you, if they listen to you, you have won them over. Oftentimes, hurt can be resolved just by talking to the person who has hurt you. They may not even know that they hurt you. Simply confront the per simply confronting the person is not easy. Listen, they may not know. Okay, I, I gave the example um, that um, I had said I was I was I had given somebody who I thought was a compliment what I thought was a compliment, but it wasn't. It hurt their. I mean, they, they thought I was saying something different than what it was, and it was just really truly an understand a misunderstanding. And when they brought it to me, um, and they said, "Listen." What did you mean by that? And I was like, oh my gosh, I'm so sorry. I did not know you took it that way. That's not what I meant. And because they came to me, we were able to clear it up. 
And um, had they not, that person would have been completely upset with me for, and I would have been completely um, oblivious to the fact that they were upset with me about this thing. And it really wasn't that big. And it wasn't for me. I like, I told the person, I said, listen, I was giving you a compliment. You just didn't know that that's how I talk. And um, because you don't know me that well, but that was a way of me saying, because I was like, man, you just really sang that song. I was going to throw my shoe at you. That offended them. And I was like, I apologize. I did apologize. So again, they confronted me uh, uh, on it and I was in, and um, we, we got to where uh, a complete understanding. However, we have to also understand that simply confronting the person, it's not going to be easy, but it is going, it was very necessary. It was very necessary for her walk and as well as for her. So, so I did not give, do any harm to her because that was not my, the person rather was not my desire to ever do that, but it was necessary. Um, and we do, I, of course she didn't like the confrontation. So they brought somebody with, but I was like, it's okay. Um, we don't like confrontation. And as it says, a wise man once said, the only thing worse than confronting the person is what could happen if we don't deal with the confrontation. We need to address the issue head on. Jesus knows best. So let's follow his way in doing things. And again, Jesus says in Matthew 18, 15, if your brother or sister sins, go and point out their faults just between the two of you. Don't take a whole crowd. Just do between you and the two of you and say, hey, did you know that you said that? And when you said that, they're really, really hurt. And if they listen, you have won them over. And if um and if but and, and that's a great thing. But what if what happens if you have not run won them over? Well, okay, so let's think. Let's go let's go to the next step. We still have to forgive. Step three is to forgive. And listen, <laughs> listen, forgiveness is never easy. <laughs> it is not easy. I'm not even going to pretend like it's easy because if somebody slaps you upside the head or they step on your foot and they don't apologize. And, you know, you want to you don't want to forgive or if they or even deeper. We brought this out a couple of weeks ago. Sticks and stones, you know, the old adage when we were kids, sticks and stones and breaking your bones. But name well, your uh, words will never hurt. me. That's the most incorrect statement ever. That's a misnomer. Of course, words hurt you because you think about the words. So therefore, that sticks with you. I can bandage up a a, a wound, a a, scut, a a cut, that'll heal. But the, your words will continue to play in my head. So I have to learn how to forgive you. It's not easy because what you said could have been very harmful. And what you said could have been very detrimental to my walk and to my life, uh, to my family or whatever the situation may be. So I, so I understand and God understands forgiveness is not always easy. In fact, um, the hardest thing a Christian has to do is to forgive. Um, and uh, like the author of this of, of of this particular study, I agree with them when they said for him, um, they had to learn how to forgive one day at a time. And they were saying they used the adage, they used the example. Um, they would wake up on a Monday and have to forgive, but then by Tuesday they would have they would be wrestling with the pain and the hurt that was given to them. So they had to learn to forgive every day until they had completely forgiven the wrong. Listen, what am I saying? You, it may take you a, it may be he he said day by day, but it may take you second by second. 
depending on the, who the person was who hurt you and the, the, the level of, of, of mistrust or hurt or pain that the person has caused you. You may wake up fine on Monday, like you said, on Monday, but by Wednesday, if you saw that person, you want to, you would want to slap them. And that's not what God, God has intended. And he says, and we go on to, he goes on to say, I'm fully aware that forgiveness is hard. Forgiveness is difficult, particularly if it's somebody that you know and somebody that has, um, you've been around and you would expect better from them. Um, but the truth is that forgiveness is not an option for Christians. We are God's chosen. We are God's children. And it is not an option for us. We have to forgive. We did, we, I mean, and let me, let me sidebar. Forgiveness is not forgetting. You can forgive the person, but you, but you don't have to necessarily forget what they've done. You can, um, but, but that pain that was attached to what they did to you is lessened because you did forgive. You can move on. Forgiveness, unforgiveness is like we're putting our own feet in, in quicksand. When we don't forgive, we're the ones that's being that's being pulled down by the unforgiveness because the person nine times out of ten has gone on with their life. If you if you look at the person that you have that you that you have this unforgiveness for or you have this alt towards, nine times out of ten they're going on about their lives, and we're holding on to what they've done to us. And we're like, and it's like, are you kidding me? They're like, and then, you know, we're losing sleep and we're getting, our stomachs are upset and our health is all messed up because we have not forgiven and we're holding this thing on and they've gone on about their lives. So we have to, so it's not easy, but, and you can say, well, you don't know what they did to me. Nope, I don't. However, remember, remember what they did to Jesus. They put Jesus, they beat him all night long. For nothing. He did nothing. He had no, committed no sin. But they beat him all night long. All night long they beat him. And he still said on the, th- on the cross, Father, forgive them for they know not what they do. And if Jesus can do that, he is our example. If Jesus can forgive the very people who wanted to kill him, who well, wanted and killed to kill him and despise his name and written his name through the, the mire and the muck, for no other reason, we should be able to do the same. And as a matter of fact, um, um, Jesus says in um, Matthew six fifteen, but if you do not forgive men their sins, your father will not forgive you. I'm going to say that again. If we don't forgive men their sins, your father will not forgive you your sins. That's Matthew six fifteen, and And I know that's hard to hear. That if we don't forgive, God won't forgive us. But that's the truth. That is the truth. He, how can we expect God to forgive our sins when we won't forgive somebody who has offended us, right? So remember, listen, I can remember all the, all the wrong that I've done uh, by omission and by commission. And, um, and, it called, and, and that, I, that I sinned against God. And he still forgave me. When I repented, he forgave me. And he threw it into the sea of forgetfulness. What a mighty God we serve, yeah? Because he has forgiven us. 
we should then give people the same latitude and mercy that God has given to us. It is not, 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 not easy at all. And I would not suggest that it is. Um, but remember that, again, Matthew six fifteen. if we don't forgive our brother's sin, our sister's sin, God is not going to forgive us. And we don't want that. Um, forgiven people forgive. God has forgiven us. So then we should show that same mercy, um, that same mercy to someone else. And that is what, um, and that's what God would want for us. So step one, pray. Step two, confront the offender. Step three, we're going to forgive. Um, and what may, what may end up happening, we may do a two-part series because um, we only have a few minutes. We only have about 10 minutes left. And um, so we may go through the first four and then we'll come back next week and go through the rest. I think, yeah, you know what that fact, matter of fact, I think that's what we'll do. We'll have a two-part series. So number four. It says, find a faithful partner. Find a faithful partner. Um, if the situation is not resolved, even after you have forgiven, even after you have talked to the person, if, this, if the person still is being um, hard-headed and they don't want to um, acknowledge their fault or what they have done to you, take somebody with you. Um, confide in a faithful partner. Um I love, he says, I love loyal friends. I really like friends who have my back no matter what comes my way. In the midst of the hurt, remember that there are others who still have your back. Confide in them private, these people privately, not as a gossip, but as a point of confidence and help. When you have confided in this partner, take them with you to resolve the issue. Excuse me, in Matthew 18, 16, it says, Jesus says, but if they, the offender, will not listen, take one or two others along so that every matter may be established by the testimony of two or three witnesses. A faithful partner can help you deal with this issue. Listen, everybody got somebody. Everybody should have somebody in their corner who will tell them the truth. And um, that will that can be. Um, be objective in a situation, particularly in a situation like this. So when you, you want to take that, you don't want to take the person with you to confront this person that's going to fight with you, that's going to push, that's going to be an agitator. You want somebody who's going to be a mediator and say, and, and who's able to listen to both sides of the story and then come to some middle ground for the two of you. Remember, I mean, you know, people said it before, uh, there's three sides, there's three, there's three sides to every story your side, their side, and the truth. And and somewhere in the middle, that's the truth. Because again, my perception is my perception of how things went on because I'm I'm looking at it from my own agency, uh, my own views, and the person that may have, that has offended is doing the same thing. So uh, having somebody that's very objective will um, help with that process that they, they should be able to sit there and say, hey, this is not what that was and this is not what the intent was and move forward from there. So um, you want to bring somebody who is a faithful friend to you um, 
And again, faithful, faithful doesn't mean that they're your yes men. Faithful meaning is that they will tell you the truth one way or the other and you trust them and you, and they trust you and you trust your judgment. So, and you know that they're going to be, they're going to be impartial when it comes to the conversation. So you want to take that, you want to have somebody with you to take them to with this difficult conversation. So with that said, so we're have, we're gonna we're gonna we're gonna end here. We're gonna end, we're gonna stop. We want to push up, put a pin in it, and next week we'll finish having the discussion. So again, what are our, we're talking about? The seven steps to overcoming um, church hurt. Again, first we're gonna pray. Two, we're gonna confront the offender. Uh, three, we're gonna forgive. No, under, with the understanding of forgiveness is difficult. Forgiveness is hard. Um, but God is able, and we, we're remembering that um, we can't expect God to forgive us if we don't forgive others. And again, that comes out of Matthew 15, 6, 15, excuse me. And then uh, for this week, we're ending on number four, finding a faithful partner. Again, that's Matthew 6, 18, 16, where it says, Jesus said, but if they, the offender will not listen, take one or two along so that every matter may be established by the testimony of two or three witnesses. A faithful partner can help you deal with this issue. So, where are we going to pick up next week? Next week we're going to talk. We're going to be talking um, uh, through five, six, and seven, which states um, we're going to resolve our past. Ooh, that's a conversation all in its own. We're going to commit to acts to um, always act in love. And number seven, we're going to repeat the whole process. So I'm looking forward to you all coming um, on the on the broadcast or well, on the podcast next week. Um, uh, if you're listening tonight, um, we will we have the uh, the broadcast Good Grief, and we're talking about the uh, grief and the loss of a sibling tonight. And again, remember, I'm so excited to be on WLAB107.com, the Rev Radio Station, and we're um, we're excited to be a part of the programming there. And this Saturday, also on Facebook Live, we will be. Um, it's Soul School. It starts at 11, 11 a.m. on my Facebook page, Just Troy, and it's also on my um, YouTube channel, Just Troy. You can hear both. You can watch both. If you have any questions for me, please feel free to email me at info at justtroya.com. Um, with any requests that you may have, there may be a subject that you want me to expound on. Like I said, for the next two weeks, we're going to be talking about church hurt, and then we'll probably get into a different series um, after that. Um, and we are going to be, we'll be here every week at eight o'clock, excuse me, at uh, seven in the morning. And then again, um, you can see me live on Facebook Live on Good Grief on, on um, Thursdays at 8 p.m., and on Soul School on Saturdays at 11 a.m. And this week um, we're talking about um, I'm not your mother. I'm not your friend. I'm your mother. And my mother, uh, Katie Butcher, uh, Pastor uh, Reverend um, Roberta Thompson and Miss Priscilla Houston will be my special guests. And we'll be talking about that on Saturday. So we're really excited about that. We're just really excited seeing what God is doing in this season. And um, again, we're just appreciative to all that all that God is doing. So before we we, we turn we, we let go, I want to make sure that we pray. 
Um, our Father, our God, we thank you again for this uh, for this opportunity to expound on your, on your word, to talk about church hurt. God, we ask that right now, if anyone is experiencing that, that you begin to heal their body, you heal their hearts, God, and help them to uh, let go and forgive, God. And we're going to always continue to pray first, and we're going to learn how to confront confront those who may have harmed us. Um, God, and then we're going to learn how to forgive. One of the biggest things that has ever happened, but we're going to remember that Jesus himself said, forgive them for they know not what they do. And then God, um, if we, if after all of those, those first three steps, then we're going to take a faithful friend with us. We thank you for those friends that you have imparted into our lives, God. God, we thank you just for your word, Lord. And we thank you for every listener that's listening to the warrior of the word this morning, God. And we just appreciate you. And we, uh, we look forward to next week. And we just appreciate it and love you, God. And all these things we say in your magnificent son, Jesus' name, amen. Listen, remember, as my intro says, you are somebody. I tell my grandchildren this every morning. I must, again, I, I borrowed it from the book, The Help. You are kind. You are smart. You are important. You are, and most importantly, you are loved. And with that said, remember, you are somebody. Have a wonderfully blessed week, and we'll talk soon. I, 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 I,